Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Game World Cup podcast from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer. We are down to the last four in France. Is it coming home? Could England be crowned world champions of football for the first time since 1966? The Lionesses have been here before and here to discuss whether they can make it to their first ever final. In the studio with me, the Tottenham goalkeeper Chloe Morgan. Down the line from Lyon, women's football reporter for The Times, Molly Hudson. And from The Times and The Sunday Times, it's Rebecca Myers. Later on, we'll be looking ahead to the second semi-final between the Netherlands and Sweden. But we start, of course, with the meeting of England and the holders USA on Tuesday. Rebecca, you wrote in the Sunday Times about Phil Neville and how much he's fallen in love with the women's game since his appointment 18 months ago. It is a landmark day for the Lionesses and indeed then for Neville himself. It really is. And um, actually, I've, I've had incredible feedback to that piece from sort of just members of the public expressing how much they love Phil Neville, which is um, probably not what I thought I would get, you know, first thing on a Sunday morning. But every single reply to that, every single comment or tweet I've had has been people expressing their admiration for his passion, which I think you can really see. Um, That said, the pressure is on. Um, He said himself at the weekend, again, in in Sunday's paper, he said he would consider a semi-final loss a failure. That's a huge thing to say. Ostensibly, it's a a success. He's reached where they reached uh, four years ago. He's, you know, in a much harder field than ever before. So technically, it is a success, but he clearly will not see it as one unless they go through, which, um, yeah, is, is a lot of pressure to put on himself. And Rebecca, England have picked up a surprising fan, haven't they, in Serena Williams? They have. Um, so we know we were talking before I know about her. They, they ended up in the same hotel as her about, I think, about a week ago now. And she was training out in France. And, and yeah, they ended up staying in her hotel. Apparently, Rachel Daly and Millie Bright were just a couple of doors down in, in the uh, in the hotel rooms, which made me laugh. But um, yeah, she was uh, talking at the weekend and she said she'd kind of joined in a little bit with some of their workouts or like watched them working out and uh said she liked to call them workout buddies now um, but she'd been watching them and she said that she couldn't believe like how fit they were at one point she said I was looking at them thinking I couldn't do this and I mean if they're training harder than Serena Williams I'm just gonna say I think it's coming home <laughs> I got quite carried away when I saw that <laughs> yeah I don't blame that optimism yeah Serena Williams the ultimate athlete saying that it's incredible uh, this is the third major tournament in a row in which England have reached the semi-finals Molly is is this match the culmination of, of several years of progress then I think it is certainly I know Phil sort of said yesterday you know 
this is what it means these 18 months that he's been in charge it literally does all come down to this game which which seems crazy because you know they've they won the she believes cup they've played all these games but actually when it comes down to it it's it's the world cup games and it's the semi-finals and these are what the players live for and this is what phil neville lives for this is this is why he took the job and you know, as Rebecca said in our article, you know, he, he's fallen in love with the women's game. He loves women's sport. But, you know, I'm sure he'll probably hate women's football and women's sport if we go in on lose tomorrow because for him, he has to win. You know, he talks about failure and success and the line, the line is so thin at this level. And for him, he, he has to win. And, it, 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 you know, we've, we've been here a long time now and it feels as though there is more riding on this than just winning or losing. As much as winning is so important for the Lionesses, it's so important for the sport as a whole and, and the sport back home. On paper, England have one of the best defensive records in this tournament. They've considered a single goal and that was in their opening match against Scotland. But, Chloe, do we think they've actually been defensively solid? I think there's definitely been points where it's not looked too strong, admittedly. Um, I think they've definitely honed in on, on that 100%. I think even looking at the, the recent Norway game, I mean, it was you know, there, were, there were very few chances there for, for Norway. I, I think the attack the attack section of, of the game was, was absolutely fantastic with Jill Scott, Ellen White, Lucy Bronze, looking to be such a threat throughout the entire game. Um, so I think them taking the pressure off off the defence and the midfield then coming in and also relieving the pressure has meant that really the back the back line hasn't had to do too much work. Um, I think going forward into the next game, I think that's obviously going to be a, a bit of a different story. I think there is going to be moments where they're going to be under attack a lot. There's going to be a, a good sense of pressure. But I think Neville's quite good with his strategy sometimes in that he'll bring on forwards like Nikita Paris, kind of relieve that pressure again and, and try and sort of get, get more of an attack up front. So I think so far we've been tested, but I think the USA are definitely going to put us through our paces. Rebecca, let me just ask you then about the back four. The left-back situation, obviously Demi Stokes, Alex Greenwood. Do you, do you have any idea who Phil Neville might might choose to be totally honest no um and also at the press conference last night somebody um you know was talking about the pairing of uh megan rapino and lucy bronze and still said well how do you know i'm not going to play rachel daly like he was in a really sort of uh yeah like, i think slightly trolling us but we we still don't entirely know i would suggest given how everything kind of held up against norway he will keep the same back line I think and I think Demi was very very good against um against Norway Millie had a sort of shaky point against Norway but from what we understand she'd had this virus and I think it was just kind of pure physical exhaustion at that point but I think she worked so well she cleared so many great balls um and and was so brilliant with Steph that I suspect he will be at this point he'll be trusting in that back line to you know to deliver really and, and keeping with people that he knows and Chloe, we barely talked about the goalkeeper Karen Bardsley in this tournament. We expect that she will be tested on Tuesday. Yes, I would <laughs> definitely say she's going to have a work cut out for her. Um, I think she's been really solid. I think communication, positioning has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I think there are games where she's had long periods where there's not been too much to do because of the fantastic work of, of the defence. Um, but I think she's been very solid. I think that you know the defence are going to have a lot of faith in, in what she can do, but I definitely think the USA are going to put in a fair few shots and, and I have my full faith that, that she'll go out there and, and do her absolute best. She's an experienced keeper. She's played in these kind of tournaments before. She's she's a, a well-renowned keeper you know, internationally, so she's used to the pressure and, and I think she'll definitely step up and, and be a solid part of the back line going, going into tomorrow's game. Uh, Phil Neville has said we we will see Nikita Paris on penalties should England be awarded any. She did score against Scotland, but then missed successive spot kicks against Argentina and Norway. 
Chloe, as a goalkeeper, you'd surely want to be up against someone you know has recently missed a few penalties. Um, I think you'd definitely have it in the back of your minds that they'd probably be a little bit more nervous than they usually would. But Nikita Paris is, is one of those players, and I think Phil Neville will definitely have confidence in her to, to go out and, and take a penalty again if, if needs be. I think sometimes the worst thing you can do is take away that responsibility from a player who's maybe missed a penalty so they carry that with them and then it sort of manifests and, and gets bigger as a, as a thing they can't do anymore. But I think if there's a penalty situation, I'd have full faith that, that Nikita Paris will, will be able to go out there and, and, and slot one past. But... I think, from, from, like you said, from, from a keeper's perspective, you probably would want a slightly shakier or less confident player to be taking a penalty. But with Nikita Paris, I think she's, she's got a lot about her. She'll bounce back from, from those misses. And I think she'll be more determined than, than anything, actually, probably to, to make sure that they, she doesn't miss again. Not that I want to help the US, but as a goalkeeper, can you psych out a player when you know they have that sort of frailty, perhaps because they know that they've missed penalties recently? Um, I think there's certain things that you could probably do. I think a lot of goalkeepers are now tending to, to move uh, from one side of the, the line to the other, sort of big hand movements, big gestures, maybe sort of looking them quite directly in the eye, maybe even smiling or things like that. So there are there are techniques, tactics that the goalkeepers use, but I think the majority of goalkeepers in this tournament are going to be more focused on where their feet are, consider yeah. the, the decisions than, than anything else. So I don't think anyone wants to, to walk away with a yellow card or, or have to have a retake again. So I think that's probably the, the main focus, yeah. Yeah, hopefully the US aren't listening to that, though. Yes. Uh, England face a daunting task then. This is the eighth Women's World Cup. The USA have won three of the previous seven. Uh, Molly, how much of an aura is there around America due to everything that they've achieved? I think, as Jill Ellis said last night, it's not arrogance because they deserve it. You know, they're, they're the best team in the world. They've got the best players. They've got the best system for, for young young kids growing up in America and wanting to play wanting to play soccer. Um, you know, if you go to America and you're, you're a young, young girl, it's just as acceptable as it is, if not more so acceptable, for a boy to play soccer. Whereas over here, there is that stigma and that massively translates into their team because, you know, you, you look at the likes of Mega Rapino, Tobin Heath, Alex Morgan, you know, They've just grown up in a way that this is totally acceptable. What they do is is the dream. It's achievable. And, and you look at America and just all over the pitch, they're just absolutely world-class. And I think, you know, us English laugh at this sort of American arrogance, but actually it's just the way they are. And I think if we were that good, we'd, we'd probably be the same. I think we're all slightly jealous of the sort of domination that America have had. And if England can sort of break that, it would just be, it would just be the most amazing moment, I think, you know. We're all sort of here hoping, praying that England can sort of find a result. But deep in our hearts, I think we know that we are the underdogs and that, that will be the case any US team that you ever face. You will always be the underdog because they are just that good. Well, the headlines at this World Cup over the last week have been dominated by someone you just mentioned there, Molly Megan Rapino, on and off the pitch. She scored all four of the USA's goals in the knockout stage. Before we get onto the issues off the field, Chloe, how influential is she on the field? I think she's been incredible. I think she's such a presence um, and a complete leader. I think obviously just, just speaking about her performances on the pitch and she's such a massive influence off the pitch as well. Um, I think she's been at, at the forefront. I mean, they wouldn't, well, they probably would be in this position anyway, but I think Rapino's definitely been integral to that absolutely vital to, to where they are I think she's strong with communication she's clearly got the backing and the confidence of her entire team um, but that's not to say the likes of Alex Morgan and, and Tobin Heath as well are, you know they're absolutely critical in, in the US's success so yeah whilst Rapino 
on the pitch and off the pitch is an absolutely incredible role model. I think, yeah, that, that I couldn't detract from um, the other players that have been supporting her and feeding her those balls to, to put her in that position. Of course, Rapino has caught the attention of many, including President Trump. Rapino said uh, during an interview in no uncertain terms that she would not go to the White House if invited. Rebecca, she's certainly a remarkable figure. She really is. Um, she... I mean, you can't basically say that she doesn't stand up for what she believes in. She's been very vocal about not going to the White House. She uh, was then sort of pressed to readdress it, I suppose, and, and reiterated that she wouldn't be going to the White House. Uh, Donald Trump's now said that he'll deliberately be inviting all of them, even if they don't win the World Cup. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch play out. But she's she's got previous on this. You know, she took the knee um, when everything was going on with Colin Kaepernick and in the NFL. Um, she's very outspoken against kind of all forms of discrimination, obviously LGBT issues primarily, but also um, racism. There's an amazing piece during the rounds, which I would recommend anyone following this World Cup in any capacity reads on ESPN about um, her brother who has spent most of his adult life in prison and has kind of been involved and had problems with drugs his whole life um, and has been involved in gangs and stuff and about their relationship and how that has changed over the years and how she's sort of supported him. She really is far more than what you see on the pitch. And I think the women's game is has this appetite at the moment for a figure like that. In the past, we've had sort of Marta, who we've spoken about before. But this World Cup, you know, what Rapino has done for this World Cup can't really be put into words at this stage because I've been seeing people who, you know, never follow football tweeting like, I love Megan Rapino. I'm in love with Megan Rapino. I just want to like read everything that, about her and, and follow her closely. And I think you can't underestimate the power of a sort of icon like that during a tournament like this. She is, as you, as you say, an activist. She is gay. She's an advocate for, for numerous LGBT organisations. She suggested the other day, rather tongue in cheek perhaps, that you can't win the World Cup without gay players. Molly, what effect is Rapino and this publicity then having on the women's game? I think in some parts of America, Rapino will always be controversial, but... Um, I think the the media attention and what she brings, it's, it's actually remarkable because in the press conference after the US game the other night, somebody asked and they said, you know, how how has this not affected Megan? And how has this not, you know, detracted from her performances both on and off the pitch? Because, you know, she she's co-captain, she's been involved in a lot of media, she's been involved in a lot of press conferences. And what's actually amazing with Megan is that you speak to her and she's, she's just so eloquent. She just puts her points across so well. And it's it's like not only is she a footballer, but she's actually meant for this role as a as a spokesperson, as somebody to, to look up to as a role model, not just about football, but about everything. And I think actually it's a testament to her because she's had this massive media circus um, around her. And yet, you know, as you say, four, four goals. She's scored all of the goals in the knockout stages for, for the US. And that's just incredible because... For anybody else, and you know anybody in the England cab or anybody else in this World Cup, you'd think, how how could she possibly continue to do what she's doing with all of this going on? But it it genuinely does fuel her. It seems to make her even better. That actually she sort of lives off what people say to her, and she's she's better for it. She seems to take it in, but doesn't take it to heart. And I think that's an amazing um, personality trait that anyone can have. And it's just making her an even bigger star for this World Cup and literally globally. Chloe, as you said a moment ago, it's not all about Rapino. So what is the key to stopping the US? Um, I think it's going to be very closely paying attention to the movements of Alex Morgan, uh, Tobin Heath, Rapino again. Um, I think they're going to be the key players there. They're going to need to be picked off. They're going to need to be man-marked in certain situations. And we're going to have to be strong and very tight. Uh, these players 
you know, given the freedom, really, will run rings around defences and back lines. So I think really those are our biggest threats and those need to be counteracted. Um, I think the likes of our defence, like Steph Housen put in an incredible performance against Norway. It's going to be sometimes all hands on deck. Um, there are going to be moments when they're going to be pressing so hard. But it's, again, uh, our midfield kind of taking the pressure off there. But I think really we need to be quite heavily watching those players up front and also taking our chances when we have them because they might be very far and few between. So I think if we've got the chance, we need to be very clinical in front of goal. But we've seen that with the likes of the set-up plays that Lucy Bronze was outstanding. So I think really they're going to be far and few between, but really we need to make sure that those are those count. Mm. Well, Rapino and Alex Morgan are the joint top scorers in this tournament, along with England's Ellen White. Five goals. So White has scored in all four of the games that she's played in at this World Cup. Uh, we mentioned the influence of Rapino there, Chloe, but obviously Ellen White's form suggests her influence is just as important. Yeah, she's been outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Really kind of faultless performances, an absolute example to the, to the rest of the team. Very solid, very confident at the moment, flying high on, on the performances that she's had so far. So I think she's going to be a massive key player for us. And her going head-to-head with the likes of Rapino, I think, is going to be incredible. And Jill Scott, again, as an, as an aerial threat. You've got the likes of Nikita Paris with the youth and enthusiasm. Georgia Stanway might even get, get a run out as well. You know, you've got fresh legs there, you've got youth, you've got all the, all the kind of passion and energy that comes with that um, and the experience of, of, you know, of Ellen White again. So I think it's going to be a massive, massive test. And you know, like, like Rebecca and Molly were saying, we are always going to be a bit of a, an underdog, really. I think any, any team would be. But I think the USA have been tested, but I, I think this is going to be probably the best test Basically, I think it's going to be one of the best games of the competition so far. Mm. I think France-USA was, was absolutely incredible, but I think this is going to really put them to the test. And I wouldn't by any means say that this is a guaranteed win for the US because I know England and, and all the passion that's been going on back here and all the support is going to have fed into the team massively. And I think with Phil Neville um, sort of creating this family mentality with, with the team, they're all going to go out there and have each other's back. So it's going to be absolute crunch time. But a part of me is thinking, you know what, we've, we might just have this. Yeah, I love that optimism. That's what we want to hear. Um, a record TV audience in Britain of 7 million watched England's win over Norway and, and then 5 million uh, saw France versus the USA. So, Rebecca, we should maybe expect a new record for this semi-final. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've got every reason to expect there'll be another one. It's been ticking up for every single match. Um, and just, I think, and it's hard to gauge, I suppose, out here in France, we, we don't get a huge sense of exactly what's going on back home, but just things I spotted, like Sadiq Khan tweeted saying there was going to be a screening in Battersea Park, I think, and, you know, everyone kind of getting on board everywhere. I Every time I kind of call home or speak to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, obviously everyone's watching it. So I think this is the moment when people who would tune in just for some good football become people who get that sort of British fever that we have, you know, when Andy Murray gets far in Wimbledon, people who don't care about tennis tune in. It's it's getting to that level of sort of excitement from what I can see. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is going to be once again the most viewed ever UK women's football match. So it's mouthful. But it is fantastic. Battersea Park. I think someone in this studio might be going there. I am indeed. <laughs> I'm I'd like to be going. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a fantastic night. Hopefully, uh, we should also discuss the heat though in Lyon. It's been a sweltering weekend. I mean, it was hot over here, but I know it's been even hotter in France. Molly, what's the forecast for Tuesday night? Um, well, it's hot, hot, and um, more hot <laughs> over here. I, I don't think I, I sort of can't remember any other weather than it being absolutely baking. Um, it's, it's just it's just been that way for so long that you sort of forget what rain is. I think part, parts of France had rain yesterday. And it was like wow, um, this still exists. 
you know, Phil, Phil has spoken a lot in all seriousness about, you know, they, they went to St. George's Park in preparation to this and they said, look, we know it's going to be hot and they're fully prepared for that. You know, they they did sauna training. Um, they, they, you know, they had their underarmors on, you know, when it was really hot in England as well. They're, they've been fully prepared for this. And what, what I think we have to remember is, yes, America have got this amazing strength and depth and arguably the most athletic of all the footballers. You know, you'll back their fitness in any conditions, in any scenario, you know, whether we go extra time, penalties, whatever it is, you'll back the Americans to be just as fresh as, as they were at the start. But, you know, England have changed a lot and their fitness has improved massively over this over this campaign, over, you know, since Phil has taken over, he's really focused on possession and, and, and that sort of thing. And I think that, that could play into our hands. The last thing you want to do is, when it's really, really warm, which it is, is to be chasing the ball. And I think what he always says is, look, the ball never gets tired. And that's what they have to remember. If they can keep hold of the ball, and I know that's a very hard thing to do against the US, but if they can do that, then they're sapping the energy out of the opposition. I mean, the one, the one good thing is it's a, it's a nine o'clock kickoff in France, French time, which does play into their hands slightly. It's not as awful as the sort of three o'clock we saw a couple of days ago that just just looked unbearable and drinks mm. breaks and it was just awful. But, um, you know, with it being nine o'clock, it will be slightly cooler. But as, as me and Rebecca can vouch for, it doesn't, doesn't really get any cooler at nine o'clock, to be honest. It's, it's still very, very warm. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, going into the final quarterfinal, all of the 11 previous knockout ties had been won by the team scoring the first goal. That trend was then bucked, though, by Sweden on Saturday, who came from behind to beat Germany 2-1 and book a semi-final date with the Netherlands on Wednesday. Chloe, was this the biggest shock of the tournament for you? I think it was, probably. I think it'd definitely be up there, um, as well as Japan. I was obviously expecting that they might cause France some, some havoc in, in this uh, side of the tournament, but... Um, no, I think that they've put in an absolute shift, really. Um, I think the like of uh, Blackstinius, I mean, she managed to infiltrate the defence in ways that I've not quite seen before. I mean, the pace, um, her positioning was absolutely fantastic. So she caused them some real damage. And I think, 
you know, Germany, I think, sometimes maybe looked slightly complacent in, in the way that they were. I think they were always expected to, to do very well um, in this tournament. But, you know, congratulations to, to Sweden, really. They're, you know, currently ranked ninth, so still in the top ten. But I think, really, um, they, they weren't really expected to, to get this far. And now they're, they're you know, at least going to finish fourth. So... You know, they've come away from this competition, obviously giving it their absolute best shot. Um, I don't know how they're going to fare up against against Holland. They are looking particularly strong at the moment, but that, that'll be a really good game to watch. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, everyone fancied Germany to reach the final. So Molly, how did they let it slip away? Firstly, it was one of those games that was played, as we just discussed, in like middle of the day, like really, really warm. I think out of all the games, that was probably one of the worst sort of conditions. And Germany... It was like they tried to press. They tried to press Sweden, and Sweden were just too good on the ball. And they sort of ten, fifteen minutes in, you suddenly thought, "Wow, it's this hot, and we're not going to be able to press. We're not going to be able to do that." And I think that's what it is. A lot of it is about being sensible, about working out what your strengths and weaknesses are, and and really utilising them, particularly in this heat. Because if you waste that energy, that becomes so crucial. And I think watching the game, it felt as though towards the end, Germany probably got back into it. Whether that was a bit of exhaustion from the Swedes, or whether it was just because Germany sort of realised they were going out, and that was so odd for a German team that they suddenly was like, right, wow, we need to, we need to get back on it. But so much was lost when they when they went behind. It just felt like all the momentum was with Sweden. And I mean, we played Sweden last year, I think it was, and you know they beat England, and wow, like from then you knew they were a very very good team. And I think that's what we can all say about this tournament is that yes, Germany are Germany, and you. Any tournament, you expect them to do really well. But actually, the strength and depth is really here now, and you can't underestimate anyone. And Sweden proved that more than more than anybody else made in this tournament. Actually, they might be ninth, um, but they're ninth ranked in the world. But actually, they're a really, really good side, and you know they'll they'll pose lots of problems as they showed against Germany. Well, Sweden were losing finalists in two thousand and three, and and I guess people really have focused their attention on the other side of the draw with the USA, France, and England there. Rebecca, who are the stars then that we should be looking out for in the Swedish team? There's been some really great sort of standout players in the Swedish team, actually. I think certainly Sophia Jacobson, um, my pronunciation there, probably not my best Swedish, um, but I just think she's fantastic. She played brilliantly um, in the match the other day. This beautiful goal, it was really, really kind of that kind of clear, calm kind of goal that you'll, you'll need in these kind of high-pressure matches. She's fantastic. She used to play um, for Chelsea, I think, for a year, and now she's with Montpellier. So she's in that kind of French setup where you've got a lot of investment and a lot of facilities. And I just think she's fantastic. And you've also got um, Nilla Fisher, who she's, I think she's 34 now, so she's kind of, I suppose, this will probably be her last World Cup, but she's an outstanding player, a real sort of senior figure in the team um, and definitely one to, to keep an eye on. She's brilliant. The Netherlands saw off Italy 2-0 on Saturday. They are the European champions, but had only won one World Cup match prior to this summer. So, Molly, how have the press and Holland received their performances so far? I think I think it's 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 been overwhelmingly positive. I think if you if you I remember speaking to Vivian Miedemar and you know she's an incredible player and she was saying that almost the expectation back home is almost more than they ever expected. I mean, we talk about us breaking, you know, TV figures and everything. But these, these players are used to that sort of pressure from when they won the Euros in, in Holland. It's just the whole country fell in love with this team. And I think for a while, it felt as though that pressure was almost too much. And I remember Miedemar saying that it, it took them a while to get used to that sort of pressure and expectation. And I think the Netherlands were one of those teams where on paper, they looked very, very good. But going into the tournament, they were sort of like, 
will they get it together? Will they not? I think, um, again, Reid and spoke about the fact that, you know, they they haven't always spent that much time together as a national team. Obviously, they're all incredibly talented individually, but, you know, all of the nations only have that set time as a, as a team. And I think they'd sort of struggled to make the most of that. It wasn't quite gelling. You know, the, you look at a front line of Lika Martins, Vivian Miedemar and Shanice van der Sanden, you think, you know, that's, that's got to be up there with the best in the tournament. But it's just about getting it together. And, you know, I think even the Netherlands probably haven't played the best football they can. They've probably got another gear, as you would say England have, US have, probably Sweden have as well. And I think, actually, they've they've done really well to grind out results, which isn't something that you'd necessarily associate with that team. But I think, you know, they'll they'll get a massive reception back home and for them probably, you know, as much as the US are just incredible and the media attention around them is just a whole, as Megan Rapino said, circus in itself. I think, you know, probably the Netherlands are respected as much in their home country as any other nation because they've they've done so much for the game and off the back of that Euro success. I think, you know, the whole country is literally behind them. And Rebecca, I'm guessing the, the Orange Army are still following in, in big numbers. Absolutely. I mean, they have been. And I, I actually, unfortunately, with the timings and the way it's worked out with the England games, I haven't been to a Netherlands match yet. So I'm so excited for this because I've been following, obviously, all these videos of them, like, marching down the street and these videos where they sort of all lean to the left and all lean to the right and there's sort of 5,000 or something. Um, I just can't wait to see it. I think it's so rare in women's football still to see a fan base like that. Um, it's it's incredibly special and powerful, and I think this is massive for them. I, I you know, I in, loved the Italian team. I thought they'd done an amazing thing for the women's game in their country. They had this incredible kind of gumption spirit, and they were brilliant. But I also kind of secretly wanted the Netherlands to win because I thought, yeah, I want to be there and I want to see that fan base in in action. <laughs> So we have to be diplomatic and ask who would the USA or England prefer? But let's just say who would England prefer to play in the final? I'll go with England. Um, (laughs) I would say I think the better battle to watch would definitely be Holland. Um, I think the the passion from both sides, obviously the the Netherlands have come um, into this this competition now reaching the semi-finals for the first time. Like you said, they are European champions. They're they're looking very strong. And both England and the Netherlands would want the the title more than anything in the world I think it would mean the absolute world to them so I do think it would be a better game to watch um, with Holland I think it would be a slightly easier dare I say game against Sweden but I, I think for you know for viewing for viewing pleasure I think it would be an absolute awesome one to to watch um, England take out Holland and hopefully lift the cup but obviously we've got a wow. bit of a battle between then and now but. Um, uh, yeah, that, that would be my, my call on it. Oh, goodness me, wouldn't that be <laughs> exciting? Right, that is it for now. Many thanks to our guests today, Chloe Morgan, Rebecca Myers and Molly Hudson. Remember, you can subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times to enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet. It is just a pound a week for an eight-week trial. Search The Times subscription for more information. And we'll be back on Thursday when maybe, just maybe, England will be in the World Cup final. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.